Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are recapping round one of the NFL draft. We are joined by Ryan Kieran and Keegan after our five-hour-long mock draft show. It's a hell of a show, so buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's good. Gentlemen, here we are, five hours later. Technically, we didn't get to five hours, like 4.55. You guys, listen, I had to jump off for a bit. I know you guys jumped off for a little while, but like, my goodness, five hours straight. Unbelievable. The numbers were wild. It was awesome. What a great night uh, for Pat's pulpit and and for the Patriots. Yeah, you real quick, props to you guys. Um, I don't know how you did it. I obviously jumped on in the beginning. I little draft tradition i've watched the draft with two of the same buddies for the last eight years so i couldn't couldn't mess that up and then then the jones pick came in and we were obviously all excited because they have a planet quarterback which we'll get into um but kudos to you guys keegan enjoy that six or after get some rest you too ryan but let's go hey we got a plan we got a planet quarterback guys like whether you love it I, i said it whether you love it or hate it they weren't going to take a quarterback just to take one. We knew that going in. They had a guy identified on their board. They were patient. They let the draft come to them. They didn't overpay and jump up to go get him. You have to trust Bill at this point. I I, I think you have to. It, it's the first time they've ever done it. That was their dire need in the, going into this draft, and they addressed it early and, and often, and I'm thrilled. I, I, I Ryan, you said you talked yourself into it by the end of the night. I'm sure you are now. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think we can all agree they have a plan going forward and we have to just trust that this is the right path. You just summed it up perfectly. That's exactly where I land. Mac Jones was not my option at QB. If if they had their pick of a top five, he was fifth for me. Um, but it, you know, I'm not Bill Belichick. I'm perfectly prone to being wrong. He, of course, has a chance to be wrong here too. I like his chances better than mine of not being wrong. Of course. So, so one thing I found interesting too, not to cut you off, is I saw... The, of the quarterbacks Belichick's drafted, like they all, this was like a few w- weeks ago, but something about the hand size, they all had over nine and three quarters of a hand size. 
Fields is nine and eighth. Uh, I think uh, Lance is like nine and a half. Mac Jones nine and three quarters. There you Every go. it's the it's the pause. They just they they look at the pause. <laughs> as lo- so that as long as this is their plan, which it clearly was, they had their chance to go get Justin Fields. They didn't want to. This this was clearly it was it was Mac Jones was their guy. They wanted him. He fell to fifteen, so they didn't have to give up assets to get him. They're still in a position to go be aggressive tomorrow if they want to be. Uh, they, they have a plan now. I can live with having a plan, even if it's not the exact plan that I wanted. Right. Agreed. Yeah. And and I, I, go ahead, Keegan. I wasn't huge on the Jones pick either. I mean, right after the pick was made, I said, you know, on, on the live stream, I'm dead inside. Like, I, I just – I couldn't feel anything. Uh, but as we've gotten further away from it, I've started to, started to come around on it. Just like Ryan said, like Spag said, like Pat said – they have a plan, and that's good enough for me because if they if they skipped out on quarterback in the first round and we still had to speculate and talk about Jimmy G and talk about Cam and all this garbage, I, I don't know if I would have been able to take it. So um, I'm glad that they made a move even though it wasn't the move that I would personally have made. Um, and they got – I mean, this is the best value pick that they could have made in the draft. So for sure. great no, job by I, them on that end. I think too – now it comes to, and I think we're all in agreement. Me and Pat talked about it a little bit on the Instant Reaction podcast, how kind of taking that Patrick Mahomes route. Um, but I think it's interesting with Jones because I think he was so intriguing at three in that Jimmy G replacement. I think when you look at the quarterbacks in the class, aside from Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones was probably the most pro-ready, someone you could put out there week one and at least feel comfortable just because of his ability to win pre-snap, maneuver the pocket, make anticipation, something they look for in their quarterbacks. I don't think he has the ceiling and the in the potential like a Lancer Fields, but now it gets to where does this go? And like we talked about it off air, Belichick in his press conference said, you know, whenever he's ready to compete with Jared, he will. Right. Um, so I think taking it slow with him, the, the best thing about that first round pick is if he does pan out, you get that fifth year option. Uh, so you have a little bit more time than you would if you t- you know took him in the second round. Um, so I'm all for now. Like I said, I wasn't, we're kind of mixed on this. I wasn't a cam guy last year. I wasn't cool. Like wasn't all about him playing this year, unless they had somebody behind him right. to as, as a succession plan in 2022. This is our guy. Uh, and I think cam at this point in his career, We'll, uh, we'll embrace this role and really take him under his wing. We we talk about his play. There's obviously difference of opinions, but I think we can all agree about his character and his leadership and the type of guy he is. Uh, there'll be no questions uh, about that and his ability to kind of mentor Mac and, and make him feel as comfortable as possible going forward. What, we I, even, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Keegan. Just real quick, we even saw Mac say in, in his press conference right after he was drafted, this is Cam's team and I'm ready to come in and do whatever I can to help him be successful. And obviously he knows that that's not a long-term thing. He knows he's not just coming to be the backup for five years and then Steve. Reset that thought, Keegan. Yeah, I was was just saying, I don't think that we all expected, you know, maybe him to be so cool with that, but he is. He seems like he's ready to just make that relationship work, do what he needs to do early on to to fit in with the team and, and to carve out a role for himself early on. And then, you know, as we get later into things, I mean, he's that's the plan. He's going to be the starter for the future. So, right. And like like Spags was saying, obviously both of you, Pat and Spags, weren't big Cam guys last year, but he gives you a presence this year. Like Mac Jones doesn't have to come in and be the guy day one. Even if you don't like Cam Newton, you know, even if you don't like Cam Newton and Cam Newton comes into this year looking as bad as he did at his low points last year, you know that it's a short term thing at this point. 
You know that Mac Jones is going to come in and you know that he at the very bare minimum gives you a body to like shield Mac Jones until he's ready. And best case scenario, he's, you know, Cam is good and you get through this year, you're competitive. And now you also have your QB of the future waiting in the wings. You're not trying to figure it out from there. And Mac Jones stays over year two or right. whatever. Right. And that's, uh, and that's really where I think we're at. And again, we said, I said the same thing about Fields and Lance. And I know Fields and Lance are obviously much different quarterbacks than Mac Jones and a lot closer to what Cam Newton is than what Mac, than obviously Mac Jones is. But what I said about them is the same exact thing that I would say about him, which is friggin' rent a, like, you know, buy a couch, stick it in Cam Newton's guest house and live with the guy and follow him everywhere he goes and do everything that he does. Interact with the media the way he does, interact with his teammates the way he does, show up at the facility when he does, do everything the exact same way that Cam Newton does because he's a professional and he handles himself like a professional. He's a leader of men, and that's what you want out of your quarterback. And listen, yeah, I, I wasn't crazy about the way he played last year. I don't think anyone was, right? And he did show some flashes, but it doesn't, but at this point right now, it doesn't matter what he looks like on the field. We and I think, know the type of person he is, and that's more important for the team building aspect because we need to groom Mac Jones to be the next guy. It's a perfect scenario, too, for the guys they brought in. I mean, we said it in day one of free agency. These guys signed long-term deals. They have their core locked up that it's a perfect scenario where they can they, – they won seven games last year, and like I, I wouldn't admit this before they didn't have a quarterback behind Cam, but they, had, they won seven games last year with that trash of a roster. And, and and that personnel group, they upgraded mightily. So you're you're assuming, you know, at least two more wins there, and you have a great core and, and a good group of skill players around Mac for him to take over in, in that year too. And um, so yeah, I, I just think it's it's a great scenario all in all. And what's great about the the players that they brought in this year is that obviously Cam Newton and Mac Jones are entirely different types of quarterbacks, right? But the players that are brought in, they can work with Cam Newton this year in one type of offense where they still have, you know, the, the QB runs and more of those, those uh, zone reads that cam is capable of doing. And then they can transition to Mac Jones year two, where it's more of that pro style quote unquote offense where you don't have that quarterback, you know, as a ball carrier threat, but you still have the two tight ends. Mac Jones is great working over the middle. That's his best area. He's extremely accurate. So you can still lean on those tight ends. You can still use Kendrick Bourne in the quick game. You can still take deep shots with Nelson Aguilar. The offense will structurally change from Cam Newton to Mac Jones, but the personnel doesn't have to change to fit that. They can just, they have the versatility to mold between the two perfectly. And, and from a, and from a cam perspective, I mean, we talk about the Mahomes effect, right? And what, what they did with Mahomes at Kansas city. Do not forget what happened to Alex Smith after that year in Kansas City. They traded him to to Washington, and he signed a big deal with the Redskins. So, you know, that's a situation where if Cam comes in and plays well this year, yes, he's in that mentor role. But if he plays well this year and shows that he can still be a starting quarterback in the NFL, he's going to get paid and be a starting quarterback somewhere in the NFL next year. It won't be here, but he's going to get paid. And so both sides are going to benefit from this happening. And I think that that really to me, honestly, you know, is a situation where Cam says, Hey, I got one more year to prove myself in new England. I love the atmosphere there. I love what, what I was able to bring to the table. They gave me another shot even after a crappy year last year. And so I'm going to give everything that I can 
to try to turn this team around and and help this young kid as much as I can, you know? I think it'll get interesting too. It's like you and people are including myself, right? Everyone was calling for Stidham uh for really since like week set week five, week six. Now you got a first pick first round pick behind him. Do you and I'll open this up for discussion. Do you guys think Belichick takes that same route this year? Like no matter how bad things get. And obviously I don't think it's going to get as bad as it did last year, but he's cams our guy cams our guy. Cause I personally think so. I think he has a commitment to him. He has for the last two years and he's not going to, I'd rather them not rush this kid in there. If you're out week 13, 14, you're out of the playoffs, get his feet wet, get him ready, get him some starting experience. But other than that, play camp. I almost think that it's going to be calmer this year for that type of fire than it was last year with Stidham. One, because with a full offseason, Cam being healthy, you know, hopefully COVID's a thing of the past for the most part by September. Um, there's just no way that the bottom, the lows can hit as low as they did last year. The, t- the team, the roster's better. Cam will be better. It, there's just no way. So first of all, the the poor performance isn't going to be as much of a of foot to the fire there. Secondly... Jarrett Stidham was entering year two, right? Last year was year two for Stidham. Yep. Yes. And you, you're as a fourth round pick, he only has four years. So the clock's starting to tick. So you need to see what you have. And that's where the, you know, you need to see if he's going to be the next guy. Mac Jones. Now, you know, he's the next guy. This right. is who they established as the next guy. So even if Cam is looking bad, even the team's looking bad, obviously there will be people calling for Jones, but if they don't feel he's ready, Everyone still knows that Mac Jones is the next guy, regardless of how Cam plays. Cam could put out an MVP type season, and all that might do is delay Mac Jones by a year. Like Mac Jones is going to be the guy almost inevitably by 2022, at worst case for him, 2023. So even if the team isn't looking great, I think that fans will understand, like, okay, we have an answer. So whenever he's ready, he's ready. If if they don't think he's ready right now, don't rush it. Right. So Go ahead, Keegan. You've got incentives on on all three levels, really, for for the the way that we expect things to work out to work out in that way. Cam Newton has an incentive to play well and to show that he can be a leader to Mac Jones and for the whole team, um, knowing that this really isn't his team for the future, but he needs to lead them to where they're going to be. He has incentive to do that for his next contract. Mac Jones has incentive to show that he can learn behind somebody and not want to be the guy right away and not need to be able to see the field, to be able to learn off the field and all that good stuff that we talk about. And then Belichick, he made a commitment to Cam Newton. I think I think we all believe him when he says Cam Newton's the quarterback, that yep. it's his team this year. So he he's going to give him every opportunity to show what he's worth uh, to other teams in the future, and he's going to take it as slowly and as cautiously as he can with Mac Jones. Um, that's, that's what they've done in the past, and I, I wouldn't see why that they would change that now. And and I want to bring up too because it, obviously it was a big hit in the in the in the press conference and obviously they set the record tonight. What's it? Eleven players now from Alabama. He's drafted the most in the common draft era, something like yep. that. I wonder how how much Saban uh, had in, into this pick, right? Like, you know, you heard rumblings a little bit that they were aggressively trying to get after you know a Devonte Smith or Jalen Waddle, uh, maybe if they kind of fell in their lap and they didn't get the quarterback they wanted. Um, but you have to think. I mean, really, since. I mean, Saban, everybody knew that her whole quarterback situation last year and, and kind of trying to find that life after Tom. I wonder how, how much Saban was in his ear. Like, hey, you know, this guy was better than Tua. His receivers said it, and I, I, I bet Saban might have said the same thing. Like, hey, our quarterback last year went fifth, and this guy's going to be sitting around at 15. If you can get your ch- a chance to get your hands on him, this is the right guy for you. And I, I think he values his opinion, and I think he should. I mean, they put yeah. out the most 
pro ready players um, year after year. So uh, I wonder how much that, that valued into the pick. It had to be a ton. Yeah. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think, um, you know, Bill said, and there were reports, well, Bill didn't say, there were reports that Bill was going to listen to his scouting department more this year. I'm curious to know, and of course we don't know, and we'll never know, but I'm curious to know if the scouts were the ones that were high on on Pat, on, on Pat, on, on Mac, and, you know, and if that's not what happened, right, and and Bill kind of came around on him eventually. So, you know, and, and that may not be true, but, but I'm just curious if that might be the situation. So, uh, you know, I think overall, um, uh, you know, again, and I've said it before, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll continue to say it, we asked him to draft a quarterback, the next quarterback, he did. And so, you know, I I want him to take the guy, and if he feels like he's the guy, great. I'm, I'm in for it. So, And something uh, I was thinking of, too, the whole time is, I think it was the sit-down with Saban, um, that documentary they did on yep. HBO last year where both of them kind of talked about, you know, life after football. And obviously we know where they are age wise and at their points in their career. Uh, I think it was Belichick who made a note that said like, you know, this organization's done so much for me. I've, I've had so many memories here. I don't want to leave the organization in a, in a bad spot when I get out of here. And I think that pick tonight kind of solidified that because Mac Jones is 22 years old. You know, you hope he has a 10 plus year career here. I don't think Bill's coaching 10 plus years. I mean, all the power to you. God bless you. If you can, I'd love for him to, but um, I think tonight kind of solidified that like, Hey, I'm going to pick this guy. Trust my scouts. I trust my analysis. Um, I'm going to get him groomed up. And then when I get out of here, you're in a good spot and this kid's right in his prime. So I agree. All right. So let's get away from the Patriots a little bit. Cause I want to wrap this up. We've been going all night long. Uh, we're approaching 1 a.m. here. Um, so I do want to wrap it up. Just I want to go around the go around the room here. Uh, just one or two things, your biggest takeaways from today could be Patriots related, but, uh, you know, just in the draft in general. Uh, Ryan, let's start with you. Uh, so first of all, first takeaway, uh, 49ers got it right, which is a tough just, juxtaposition to take when it was, you know, Mac Jones versus Trey Lance and we end up with Trey Lance. Um, I love Trey Lance with Kyle Shanahan. I think that's going to be so much fun. It's even if Mac Jones ends up a better quarterback, which of course now we're hoping for uh, Trey Lance is going to be a ton of fun in San Francisco. I, I love that fit. I think that that's going to be a, a great, great time. Um, second takeaway would be clearly they didn't like Justin Fields the way that, you know, a lot of us in on Pat's Twitter, like Justin Fields, because he fell to 11, just like we thought he might, they had a chance to go get him. They could have, you know, it would have cost next year's first, but they could have outbid Chicago and they could have gone and get him and they didn't want him. So they chose Mac Jones over Justin Fields. So if anyone out there is wondering, you know, was this settling for Mac Jones after the rest were gone? No, this, this was, they wanted Mac Jones. It was Mac Jones or nothing. Most likely. Um, my third takeaway, shout out Rashad Bateman going to the Ravens. Love that fit. Um, I know you asked for two, but I'm going to throw out one more. Love what Vikings did with the trade back uh, from 14 to 23. I thought that that would take them out of range for the the second tier of offensive linemen that they need, and then one falls right into their lap at twenty three anyway. Yeah, for me, um, start crazy with the receivers uh, because when you look at the at the past, John Ross, Corey Davis, those guys, and I'm off the top of my head. Obviously, Julio went top ten, and Calvin Johnson, those guys. I'm not kind of bunching them in, but last year was an insane class, right? You knew the guys that came out of there, and the first one that went was Rugs at eleven, uh, and he had five go from eleven to twenty two. So it's 
just crazy how the draft varies year to year on how teams kind of value that position. Um, second, the Justin Fields, I, we kind of talked about it on the, on the mock draft show last night. Um, we felt it was smoke. I, I did the whole time. I just, I couldn't see when, when both of them were sitting there, um, kind of in that range of, of 10, nine, 10. And when Denver really passed, I was like, I cannot see them going fields just because it was, it's been out there for too long. They would, that, that stuff wouldn't leak from the Patriots. Um, and third, that, that was kind of a basing it off your point. So two, uh, the, the Packers continue to just puke all over themselves. <laughs> you have, you have a quarterback in your prime, like still in his prime, just won the MVP. You have a great offensive minded coach. You've been in the NFC championship game back to back years and you take a freaking, and I know cornerbacks in need, right? I, I think it's a pretty, um, deep enough class where you could probably find somebody on day two. Uh, I, I, I was talking to my buddies here. I was like, they're going to watch, they're going to draft a receiver now to as a last chance. Like, <laughs> Hey Aaron, we got you. We got you something you wanted, even though you want out, right. Uh, whoever, if those reports are true, but um, yeah, I, I continue to question their, their kind of their motive when it comes to the draft. They're a really good team. Like I said, NFC championship game, back to back years. And, um, I didn't like that pick, Eric Stokes. I, I, we kind of mocked him like late two, early three sometimes. Right. Yeah, my biggest takeaway is like, what the hell are the Raiders doing, man? Like, they, they always for, do that, man. They take for the guy three like straight reach. years. They just they just take the top guy from like the top two or three schools available. Not even the top guy available. Alex Leatherwood wasn't the top guy available from even Alabama, and they took him. Um, I think he's offensive tackle eight for me, and they took him with the 17th pick. So um, all the power to Mike Mayock, whatever he and, and John Gruden are doing. Um, I can't get over it. I can't stop thinking about it. It's They've got me in a box. Like they're, they're, I'm stuck in my own head about it. And uh, on a positive takeaway, Ryan touched on it. What the Minnesota Vikings did today was – just masterful being able to trade back and still getting their guy, a guy that we've had mocked in the top 15, almost every single week, they were able to get him in the twenties um, while moving back, you know, getting some more picks in later in the later rounds. Um, they played the board like a fiddle and, and they did a really good job. Um, something that I probably wouldn't have expected from them as well. So I think they did a really good job there. It's a good point. I like that a lot. And uh, you know, to me, the the takeaway that I have is just how surprising some of the picks were, right? And, and you know, it's the Raiders you touched on, the Saints pick, like, what the hell are you doing there? You know, I, I just, there were a few picks where I was just like, what, what, who, who did they just take? You know, so, uh, and what that means now is that the second round, there's a massive amount of talent on the board still in the second round. Uh, which is good news for the Patriots, right? They're at 46. And so maybe you, again, you know, you were happy about Mac Jones. You weren't happy about who knows, right? But whatever you felt about Mac Jones at 15, now you're able to get a stud at 46, right? And if they decide they want to trade back, which I hope they don't, but if they decide they want to trade back at 46, I think they could, um, you know, but there's, but there's a ton of talent still left on the board, um, going into the second round. And I think that that's great news. Obviously it's great news for everyone, but it's great news for, for the Patriots, um, you know, to have, to have that there. And the other thing I will say is that the, the bears look, the bears to me are the big winner. They're the big winner of the draft because they got up and they got their guy. Right. And, and again, 
you know, Ryan said it earlier, like the Patriots obviously didn't want fields because if they did and they decided that ah, next year's first is too much to give up, that's a mistake to me. And and look, I think they looked at it and said, Mac's going to be there at 15. We know he's going to be there at 15. So we can sit here and take him instead. But if they really felt that fields was the guy, I wish they would have done it. I hope that they didn't. I assume that they didn't. I'm just going to go with the assumption that they didn't, they didn't want fields that they wanted Mac. Um, and so, you know, but the bears got their guy. They traded next year's first round pick. They gave up, I think a fourth this year and a fourth next year or a fifth this year and a, and a fourth next year. Either way, doesn't matter. You go up from 20, you get the guy you want. And, you know, finally you have that quarterback, uh, in Chicago. You didn't sit there and wait to take him. You hopefully didn't. Well, no, I hope they took the wrong guy, but you hopefully for them didn't take the wrong guy. Right. So, uh, you know, I think to me, they're the big winners. Last ditch effort. An ideal world is all five of these quarterbacks end up being really good. And Mac Jones just wins the most out of them. Even even if he's not the best out of them all, just win the most. Real real quick too, before we go, obviously this comes out tomorrow morning or Friday morning. Now you're listening. Um, Top three targets for tomorrow uh, at, at 46 specifically, assuming they stay there. For me, Baron Browning, you guys know that's yes, my sir. linebacker crush. Uh, Elijah Moore, and if somehow yes, Christian Barmore falls into their lap at 46. Uh, wasn't big on him as a first-rounder. I thought that was a reach considering the um, you know, the depth, the lack of depth at the defensive tackle position. Uh, but if he's there at 46, I mean, imagine that back-to-back Bama guys. But, yeah, Elijah Moore, um, Baron Browning, and uh, Christian Barmore my top three. Uh, you got you got two of my three there with Baron, uh, Browning and Moore. Those, those would be two of my top three. I'll add on Terrace Marshall would probably be my top choice if he were to make it there. Uh, and then I'll throw on Trevon Morig, the safety, and then um, Aziz Ojulari, the edge out of uh, Georgia, who's falling a little bit because of Oh, medicals. my God, I totally so forgot he didn't if, go. His medicals right. are scary. So if if we don't obviously don't know, but that was the report on why he's falling. So if he doesn't, then throw out an offensive lineman named Tevin Jenkins, Green yep. Humphrey, Landon Dickerson, one of those would work for me. A lot of good yeah. names. There's a lot of good names that's going to be there at 46. Humphrey and Dickerson are like great value picks at 46. Um, yeah. I'd like to see them target a defensive back or a linebacker. Um, Richie Grant, the safety out of UCF. Aaron Robinson, the corner out of UCF. Um, Paulson Adebo, corner out of Stanford. I like all those names. And then at 96, you know, they've got two picks tomorrow um, as of right now. 96, I'd like to see them target a linebacker probably. Um, it's, it's a pretty deep middle class of the draft. So like a Chaz Surratt or a Cameron McGrone, I'd really like to see them target those guys. Those guys can, uh, with the right coaching and, you know, if everything works out, they can be the, the next signal caller for the defense. There are enough players that, like, we wouldn't have batted an eye on if they went round one that are pro- that are going to be there on day two. Some of them are going to make it to 46. So at 46, I'm completely cool with best player available. And then we just reevaluate for 96 and go from there and see what we do. I also, I think we're all expecting a trade up from 96 too. I think so too. I mean, again, you know, with the amount 13 roster spots left 10 picks, right? Like you have to get rid of some of those picks and why, you know, why trade out? You don't want the 50 pick, you know, the 50 pick gap between 46 and 96. I think it makes sense, especially with three picks there in in the fourth round. You know, take the third round pick and combine one of those fourth round picks, if not two of those fourth round picks, and move back up either early in the third round or late in the second round and get it get the guy you want. I like Browning a lot too. You guys know that I love I love my boy Nick Bolton. 
again, not 46, that's too early, but you know, somewhere if you trade up to the to the mid 70s, 80s, something like that. Love that pick there. Elijah Moore, love it. Rondell Moore, love it. Like those guys give me an impact player on offense. And and listen, if that guy is a tackle, fine. If that guy is Landon Dickerson, fine. Like I got no problem with that either. But give me an impact player on offense. And then give me another impact player on defense. Merrick is a great example of a guy that, you know, can take over for Devin McCourty. Again, a Patriots type guy because he doesn't have to come in to start day one. He can come in and learn from a guy who's a, who's a real pro at that position and then take over next year. So um, any of those guys, I'd love to see them take at 46. And then again, I want to see that trade up from 96 to get either back into the second round or early in the third round to get the guy they want. Doesn't Merrick just feel like the 33rd pick? Doesn't he yeah. just feel like yeah, the he, guy? Jaguar should already have that card written down. Yeah. Right. If you're asking me. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. But, you know, you never know. You never know. So, but anyways, guys, that's going to do it for us. Uh, you know, thanks for sticking with us. We appreciate it uh, to Ryan and to Keegan and to Spags as well. We, uh, I mean, tonight was so much fun. We had a blast. Uh, the interactions were unbelievable. Again, we got up the stream at one point was over 700 viewers at a time, which was amazing. Uh, people were out there. The, the comment section was going nuts. It was, it was fantastic. It was a great night. Um, so we're going to be definitely doing it again next year and maybe even, maybe even stretching it to the second, second and third round. You never know. So, uh, but it was a great night. Thanks guys for, for sticking with us again for this pod. And, uh, and we will talk to you guys. We will have instant reaction shows for every pick and or trade uh, all weekend. So make sure you stick with us uh, here at the Pat's Bullet Podcast Network. For Ryan and Keegan and Spags, we love you guys. We appreciate you. And we'll see you later. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.